Welcome to Mission Daily. On today's episode, Chad sits down with Lauren Weinberg, Global Head of Marketing at Square. If you've ever been to a food court, you've most likely swiped your credit card into Square's signature white square card reader. Headquartered in San Francisco, Square is the mobile payment company focused on credit card processing and merchant solutions. Prior to Square, Lauren served as Yahoo's Vice President of Marketing Strategy and Insights and Vice President of Digital Insights and Research at Viacom. In this episode, Chad and Lauren sit down to discuss how Square is helping small business owners to succeed, the importance of telling their customers stories, and what she sees for the future of marketing at Square. Lauren, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So when you're talking with somebody and they ask, what do you do? What are you up to right now? How do you talk about yourself and your role here at Square? So I would say my role here at Square is I am the global lead for marketing at Square. And what that means is that my team and I are responsible for shaping and driving the perception of Square's brand, but also in generating demand for all of our products and services. And so your career spans a variety of industries and you're a self-described data-driven marketer. Um, I would love to take it back to the beginning and the origins of your career. Why'd you get into marketing? What's so interesting about it for you? So I started my career on the the research and data and insight side of the business, also on the B2B side of the business. And so I think that what was interesting is that as I was sort of digging in on that side, and it always was very like insights and data driven, there's also just this trend in the market of marketing becoming much more data driven and really being very led through insights. And so it was sort of just like the perfect convergence of where I had been coming up in terms of the skills set that I had, and then also what was being needed in the market to just do better marketing. And so I essentially just raised my hand along the way in my journey and said, I think that the skills that I have could be really useful over there. And I would really love to learn more about that side of the business. And that's how I ultimately made that leap. Very cool. And so prior to Square, you were a VP at Viacom and also at Yahoo. What were those roles like? And what did you take away from those roles? And what did you learn? So those roles, I would say at Viacom, um, it was really fun to be there. I was on the digital side of Viacom. So it was interesting to be at a very traditional TV-focused company who was trying to make the transition into digital. And so there, I would say my role was really focused on the data and the insights and helping advertisers understand just how their media was working for them on Viacom's platform. And I was also part of a very interesting sort of inside agency incubator team where we worked with like just the biggest clients that Viacom had to put together like really unique custom programs. And so it was a good combination of like data, insights, creative, and just strategy. And so I would say that was a great place to kind of really get your feet wet and seeing some of like the best in class marketing that was out there. And then I wore many hats at Yahoo when I was there, but I think Yahoo is the place where I ultimately made the jump from being like really on the B2B side to the consumer side. Mm. And so that was probably one of the most interesting pivots that I made in my career. Just I'd always been talking to really big advertisers and working on that side of the house. And then I got to be that person at Yahoo. And it was just really, it was fun and interesting to sort of flip to that side and also just to be able to apply things. Like I had been exposed to so many best practices from so many great brands. And then to see how Yahoo was doing their own marketing and their own marketing tech stack. I think that was really where I felt like, hey, I actually think I could really help here. And what years were you at Yahoo? 
2010 to 2016. I'd be curious to hear about who you learned the most from there and maybe who you still keep in touch with. I mean, I've had so many great mentors along the way. So actually, um, one of my mentors was Molly Spillman, and she was actually the person who brought me to Yahoo. And so she was someone who I had worked with um, when I was at ad.com, which was a startup early on, um, I think in like 2003. And so she was the one who brought me to Yahoo. She's still one of my mentors today. So I keep in touch with her and speak to her all the time. And then I would say Kathy Savitt and Lisa Licht and Jackie Reese's were three people that I met at Yahoo that are still probably like some of my most important mentors today. And Jackie actually is at Square. She was a big reason why I ended up joining the company. Was there anything that you learned at Yahoo that helped you identify the opportunity at Square? Six years at Yahoo was really amazing, but I was definitely tired and ready just to take a little break. And so I left Yahoo and I took the summer off just to spend time with my family and sort of recharge my battery. And then- Well played. And then I started to think about- like, what do I want to do? What industry do I want to be in? I obviously have a specific skill set. Is that skill set applicable in other areas? And I was kind of eager to try something new. And mm-hmm. so then I started consulting for a little bit and consulted for some really interesting, cool startup companies, but also some really big companies, but none of them were media companies intentionally. And sort of that helped me to get like more footing around the idea that my skill set is applicable in areas outside of media. And then I started having conversations with Square. I I had been doing consulting maybe for nine months or so and decided like that was fun. I sort of proved the point to myself that my skill set's applicable in other areas. I really missed being part of a team and a company. And so I sort of wound that down, started having conversations with Square. And for me, the appeal of coming to Square was the culture and the mission-driven purpose behind the company. And so when you come in here, you're all here, but I think you can really feel it when you come into our office. And when I met with people here for the first time, I just knew that I wanted to work here when I left here for the day. There was a random gentleman that helped me find the bathroom in the hall. And he was asking like all kinds of great questions. And, you know, he started a great conversation. He didn't have to do that. But it was uh, one of the first things I noticed too is people seem nice, which makes a big difference, right? Because I think yeah. in Silicon Valley, a lot of companies can fall into the trap of having a culture that's just work, 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 work. Niceness and kindness, they take time, right? So how do you think about culture building here at Square and on your marketing teams? The culture at Square really is fantastic. And I do think a lot of that does stem from the top. So I think it comes from Jack having a really kind and nice culture, a culture where people really care about the end consumer of our products. And so, I mean, that's really why everyone's here is to make tools and services to make it easier for small business owners to succeed. And so it's just really in the DNA of everything that we do. So when you see an update every week on what's happening on the product side, it always starts with a quote from a small business owner. We're really always trying to think about like, what is it that they need to get done? How Mm -hmm. can we help them? And I just love that about working here is that it just feels really good. All the things that we're doing, even in the marketing that we're doing, we're trying to help small business owners be more successful. And that's a really great thing to do every day. And let's talk about that for a second, because there are a number of different campaigns you're working on now. There are some that just debuted. Any favorites or any ones you'd like to discuss? A little bit of a shift for Square this year in terms of go-to-market strategy is the fact that we are doing a pretty big for Square integrated marketing campaign. And it's the first time that we are talking about how Square has an ecosystem of products that work together to help small business owners succeed. And I would say what's different is that in the past, we would do one product at a time. 
this was a little bit of a departure because we purposefully set out to do more of a brand type of campaign and also to stitch together how all of these different products work together. And we have different cuts for different verticals. So if you own a restaurant or if you own a retail store or if you are a contractor, like the products that you use in the scenarios that we show in each of those like ad spots for our campaign really depict those like different scenarios and what things you would use and how they work together. And so that's something that was new and different for us this year. And it's both national in terms of like media that we're running on. And for us, like we really want to get into podcasts as a advertising format. And so we've been able to do that with this. But then we also have a local component to our campaign. And I think that's probably one of the parts of the campaign that's been the most fun for me personally. I mean, we have this national campaign running. It's been great. We're seeing really positive signs that it's doing what it was intended to do. And then in addition to that, like we have a presence in certain cities throughout the states where we're spending like two months in a city. We have like out of home running and radio running and we're showing up at like local food and wine festivals just to sort of help people. And it's very like intentional. Just if you're thinking about starting a business, like here's some stuff that you maybe would want to know. And then we're following it up with these aspirational, it's called self-made event series. And so we have local entrepreneurs who are coming together with a bunch of other sort of business owners in the community. And then we're inviting people in to sort of hear from them, hear their stories, ask questions about their journey. And then we've been concluding our time in each of those markets with an actual night school program, really training small business owners on things that they've told us. How do they manage their cash flow? How do they think about hiring and retaining employees? I think one of the things that we hear all the time from small business owners is that they get into business because of something that they're really passionate about. And then there's everything else that they need to learn how to do. They need to learn how to be an accountant. They need to learn how to like be HR. They need to learn all of these different aspects of the business. They need to learn how to become marketers. Mm -hmm. And so we've been really invested in building out like curriculum and educational series to really help them do that. And so I was just in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago um, and it was just really amazing to see the turnout of those events. We had a really big event in Atlanta actually with like a local entrepreneur who happens to also be a rap star. Um, He came and sat down with Jack and we had 400 people there. And I mean, I thought it was really inspirational and I got a lot of hugs from the small business owners that attended the event just in terms of like what they were hearing from both Jack and from Killer Mike. It was like really incredible. And it was one of those days where I left my job and thought, I really love my job. Killer Mike, for people that aren't familiar, he's super passionate about small business ownership and especially in his local community. So local markets, I think they're a hotbed for small business innovation right now. So what's the suite look like for prospective small business owner? It depends on like where they want to get started. So I think there's a couple of different paths in. So I think where Square started traditionally was being able to take credit card payments on your phone. And so for some people, it's still just something that is a side business for them. So they make something or they sell something on the side. And that's a really good entry place. It's a free piece of hardware. You get the Square point of sale app on your phone. I would say if you're starting in a physical location, then probably the right tool for you is actually like our point of sale solutions that Mm -hmm. sit on your countertop. And then you can see analytics behind when you're making sales in your business. But also people are getting started online. And so we have that also that e-commerce experience and, and people can start there as well. And so I think we have a couple of different points in for people, um, depending on the kind of business that they run. And I would love to hear your take on storytelling. So 
we know intuitively that it's important, but how are you experimenting with stories and how do you think about incorporating stories into your marketing campaigns? So we've been doing a lot of experimenting with storytelling and for us, because within our DNA of our culture is really always having that customer lens and customer perspective. We're always making sure that we kind of put that first. And and I think that comes through in the way that we do marketing as well. So we've done a few different things that I think are really interesting. So one is we've had a series of films over the last couple of years, and it's called For Every Kind of Dream. And it's basically showcases the story of a square small business owner that has a really unique and just compelling and interesting story. So we have had a couple of different ones. We had one recently that was about a war veteran who came back and actually started a dance company in New York. I just heard yesterday from our creative team that we won a Can't Lion for our film that was called Sister Hearts. And that film was all about a woman who was incarcerated, who came out and started a business to really help other uh, people who have been incarcerated just kind of get back on their feet. Really incredible stories. And then I think also through, um, as I mentioned, podcast is something that we wanted to experiment with this year. And we've done some interesting storytelling components even within our ads. So we've done some seller interviews that actually become our podcast ad that oh, we can sort cool. of showcase how these actual small business owners are using our products and the ways that they've right. impacted their personal journey. And then, storytelling, I mean, that's evergreen. It's not ephemeral. Like uh, you're not just buying ad inventory. You're placing something that can last for you know years if you create a compelling story, right? Yeah. I mean, we do it through social. We do it in our editorial. We're always featuring square small business owners and just writing articles about them and telling their stories. And I think it's a great win-win because it helps showcase how someone is using our products and services. And we try to make it somebody that the person who is is seeing that story can relate to that person and feel like that person is like me and they're doing something that is aspirational to me. And then it's just like having them tell their own story story seems to be, I think we'll keep probably experimenting with that platform. And as part of that larger campaign that I mentioned earlier, we also have a contest running where we're encouraging our small business owners to just share their stories of growth. So like if you've been in business for nine years, where did you start and where are you today? One of the ideas behind our campaign is that, you know, Square can really help you run and grow your business and that the tagline of our campaign is from square one to whatever's next. And the idea is that like we've been there in the beginning, we can help you get started with something really simple that plugs into your phone. But if you grow and you expand and you need more sophisticated tools and you need payroll and you need an online store, like we have all of those things for you. We've been innovating and building products just like along these other small business owners that have been growing. Right. So any philosophies on customer success? Obviously, you know, you've shared a lot, but are there any more or maybe is there any advice you can offer for another marketer that's listening that says, that sounds great, but how do I start implementing customer success stories like that? I mean, I think it all goes down to recruiting and sourcing and finding those really compelling stories because I think that that's like our team does a great job of finding those small business owners that are excellent storytellers that maybe have a bigger following on social channels. But at the end of the day, it's really around like I just finding the right people to tell those stories. But I think we're lucky in that we have so many to choose from that it's been pretty easy for us so far. But I do think our team, both on the insight side and also on the creative side, do a great job of sourcing small business owners. You mentioned
mentioned uh, the phrase mission-driven culture earlier. How is Square mission-driven and what's the mission here? The mission here is to really like build tools and services that help small business owners start, run, and grow their business. And so that is kind of core to everything that we do here. It's really about evening the playing field and just giving access and helping everyone thrive and succeed in the economy. And so it's just literally a core to everything that we do. I don't know if you were walking down here, you saw the words written above the big conference room that just said economic empowerment. I did, yeah. That's what we like live and breathe here. And that's why we always start with our customers and, and how is the thing that we're building or what we're saying going to actually help them? And how do we make the barriers for entry a little bit easier? So I think when you think about Square's origins and how we got started, the whole impetus behind why Square got started was that people couldn't make a sale because they couldn't take credit cards because they just weren't a big enough business. And the process of being able to start processing credit cards was really hard. And so we made this piece of hardware that plugged into your phone, but also the process for signing up, I think is probably one of Square's like earliest innovations, which is we made it like you're signing up for Instagram, right? Like you can sign up for free. It's yeah. really easy. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to go to a bank. You don't have to fill out a lot of forms. You can really just go and download this app and get started. And you can do it from your phone. And so that was probably like our earliest form of innovation of just like giving access to people who were like so that no one ever had to miss a sale. And I think so many customers' voice was heard in the product because I think if I remember the story correctly, there were so many customer development conversations that were had before the the product even got created. So those type of origin stories um, always result in interesting companies, interesting products. So is there any advice you have for other marketing executives who are listening right now? Is there any uh, leadership advice or words of wisdom you can share? So I think that marketers today just need to be courageous and have a lot of conviction. So a lot of the things that we're doing right now are things that Square has never done before. I always try to use data and really back up why we want to make those decisions. I definitely think that helps Square is a really data-driven company. And so if you can make a really rational, logical business case, for the most part, I think there's a lot of really smart people here who that will make sense to them. But I think that having conviction is probably the the biggest piece of advice I would have for other marketers. Like if you're not passionate about your idea and if you're not willing to fall on your sword for the ideas that you have, then it's just a lot harder to get everyone else, especially inside a larger company, Mm -hmm. to be willing to take that risk and to go on that journey with you. Are there any favorite tools or software products you're using to help you visualize data better or make data-driven decisions? I mean, we use Looker for all of the data visualization. And we have a lot of other tools, I would say, that are more sort of like behind the scenes. And and we do a lot of our like infrastructure and ad tech work like in-house here. I mean, I think the dashboards are great, but really it's everything that goes into the dashboards that actually make the data really interesting and compelling. And that was like one of the big things that I worked on for the first year that I was at Square. Is there a time in your career where you went through maybe a dark night of the soul or when you had to make a really hard decision? And if so, would you be open to sharing that story? I think there's probably a couple. I think probably one of my biggest decisions in my career was the decision to move to California. So my whole family's on the East Coast. And halfway through my time at Yahoo was when Marissa came to the company. And there was a lot that was changing. And I had a lot of ideas around how I thought things could be better. And when Marissa came, we got a new CMO. That was Kathy Savitt, one of the mentors that I mentioned earlier. And um, in one of our earliest conversations, she said, I agree with some of your ideas, but if you want to 
to do those, I think you need to move to California, which was something that was really never on my radar. I never thought I would move here. And I think that was a big leap of faith. And it didn't happen right away. We took a couple of months to make sure that it was going to be a good fit between us. That was a pretty pivotal, I think, just move to be here in Silicon Valley. And I think just like the number of opportunities that have emerged since then. And then I think the other shift for me was, you know, I was always on the B2B side. And then at Yahoo, I was on the B2B side and the consumer side. And then there came a point in time where I had to choose. It was no longer going to be a blend of business to business and consumer. And I decided to completely switch over to the consumer side, which was really like leaving behind everything that I knew that I knew really well. Nerve wracking or what was that like making the switch? Very nerve wracking. And I think a lot of people thought I was crazy for making that decision. But for me, I felt like I knew that I knew the B2B side of the house really well. And I actually thought that the challenges on the consumer side were were like a little bit meatier. And I thought it was hard and really interesting. And I just thought like for me in terms of where I would see the most professional growth in my career, that that would be the place. And so it's definitely a little scary because usually I like to take a role that's like rooted in something that I know I can do well and something else that I don't know yet. Mm. And that was sort of a complete pivot to just an area that I had less experience with. And when it comes to your learning routines, I'm curious, do you get a lot of your information from books? Is it conversations from people? Is it podcasts? A lot of it is just like listening. And I feel like I've learned a lot even from people that are underneath me on my team. So people who have experience in certain areas. So I like to listen a lot, especially when I'm new to a company. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I also read a ton of articles. And so I feel like I probably learn the most still from reading articles on like advertising related topics. Although when I came to Square, there was just a big learning curve for me in just understanding the payment space and cryptocurrencies. And I definitely listened to a lot of podcasts on cryptocurrencies so I could really understand like Bitcoin and blockchain. And so those were hugely helpful for me when I first got to Square just to kind of get ramped up on that part of the industry. Any favorites like Laura Shin's podcast or um, any favorite crypto podcasts or marketing podcasts? I feel like most of my podcasts I listen to are really around like stories about leadership. So I definitely like, I love how I built this. I think that's a great podcast that just hearing people's stories of how they got started and all of the challenges that they faced along the way. There's a couple of others like that. Wisdom from the Top is a new one that I like right now as well. And then I don't remember, I think it was a Tim Ferriss podcast on cryptocurrencies and blockchain and Bitcoin that was the one. I mean, it was maybe like four hours long. So it definitely took me a couple days to get through it. But I would say after that, I felt really well-versed and all of the different currencies. And so that was probably the best one on that topic. So fun side note, have you seen the data that shows that there actually isn't a drop off the longer an episode is uh, with podcasts? The drop off isn't as severe as marketers thought. So for instance, uh, podcasts that are like four to five hours long have some of the best retention in the industry. I personally like long podcasts. One that I can listen to on my way to work and my way home from work is great because then I don't have to like fuss with my phone at all while I'm in the car. It's a really like for me, a compelling platform. Are there any trends coming down the pike that you're excited about in the marketing world? Uh, Obviously, podcasting, some of the things we touched on. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that we should? 
I think that what's interesting is like the expectation of the role that brands play. And I think that kind of maps nicely to the idea behind storytelling and, and the idea that brands actually need to be good storytellers. And so I think that's a really interesting trend. I think especially as we see like more Gen Z and millennials mm. in the workforce, I think there's an expectation just that brands are human and right. that they stand for something. And I think that everybody wants to be behind a brand that stands for something. So I think it's been interesting to see like where brands are taking a stance. I think that will continue to be something that, in my opinion, like great brands will be distinguished from not great brands by the way that they sort of take a stance on issues and the way that they show their human side a little bit more. I think that's something that never existed like 10, 20 years ago. There was no expectation of that from companies. And I think now there's a lot of demand and expectation around it. And so I think it's interesting to be a part of marketing as all of these brands are sort of going through this transition and just expectation from consumers around what brands will do. And so when it comes to hiring and team building, do you have any open roles on your team right now? And if so, what do you look for or what experience in an applicant makes you stop and take notice? So I definitely look for people who are passionate. I think the courage and conviction thing is a really big thing. I think that it's, I mean, especially inside here, like inside Square and other companies, like things are going really well at Square, which I think sometimes makes it harder to say, maybe we should do something a different way. And I think that like, since I've been here, I've said like, yeah, everything's great. But I think that if we did this, it could be even better. And so I definitely look for people who are really curious, like who are asking the questions. I hate when I ask people questions and the answer is because we've always done it that way. I feel like when I got to Square, some people said that and I thought always we've been in business for eight years. Like there's no always. We can do anything. Yeah, we we can do anything. And so I think also just having a growth mindset. I definitely see people with a more fixed mindset who are sort of a little bit more like structured and rigid have a harder time sort of adapting to any changes that are here and just being really able to push forward and try new things. Mm -hmm. And so I think for Square, like we really want to keep our like innovative spirit alive. And so we need people that are going to come in that are going to be really curious, who are going to be courageous, and who also just are going to have that growth mindset. Lauren, final question here. Thanks so much for being generous with your time. This has been a blast. Is there a piece of advice that you find yourself sharing with marketers uh, again and again and again? And if so, what is it? And there's probably two things. One is that I really encourage all marketers to have a lot of empathy, not just for our end customer, but also for internal stakeholders. I think that at Square, we have a lot of internal stakeholders. And what I see is that there's not enough empathy for what the person who you're working with understands or doesn't understand about the business. And so I always try to encourage everyone to at first be empathetic to the end customer and make sure that what we're doing and what we're saying is actually going to resonate with them and be meaningful to them. But then I think that same principle applies for how you work with your peers inside a company. And so I think that's part of it, being nice. It never hurts. And I'm a big fan of just being nice. And I think everyone should be nice and with that we should have fun. It yeah. was one of the principles that I sort of expressed to the team when I got here. I was like, we're in marketing. This is the most fun job in the company. Seriously. And we should be having fun and we should not take ourselves too seriously. We have a really important and serious job, but it should also be really fun. And so I think be nice, have empathy and have fun are sort of the things that I would say are important to be successful and thrive in marketing. Wise words. Lauren, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Mission Daily and all of our podcasts are created with love by our team at mission.org. We own and operate a network of podcasts and a brand and story studio designed to accelerate learning. 
Our clients include companies like Salesforce, they're a customer times five, Twilio, and Katera, who work with us because we produce results. To learn more and get our case studies, check out mission.org slash studios. If you're tired of media and news that promotes fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and if you want an antidote to all that chaos, you're at the right place. Subscribe here and to our daily newsletter at mission.org. Each morning, you'll get a newsletter that will help you start your morning and your day off right. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.